Welcome back to Living Words from the Gospel of John. I'm Mark Berkler, and I trust you've done some wonderful journaling in the last chapter, and the Lord has spoken some beautiful things into your heart and into your life. So I'm going to share the screen, and we're going to continue on with chapter 7, verse 25. So some of the people of Jerusalem were saying, Is this not the man whom they are seeking to kill? Look, he's speaking publicly. And they are saying nothing to him. The rulers do not really believe that he is the Christ, do they? Like maybe they do. Maybe they're uncertain. However, we know where this man is from. But whenever the Christ may come, no one knows where he is from. Then Jesus cried out in the temple, teaching and saying, You both know me, and you know where I am from. I have not come of myself. But he who has sent me is true, whom you do not know. I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. So they were so they were seeking to seize him, and no one laid hand on him because his hour had not yet come. But many of the, of the crowd believed in him, and they were saying, When the Christ comes, he will not perform more signs than those which this man has, will he? So some officers are sent to arrest Jesus. Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things about him, and the chief priest and Pharisees sent officers to seize him. Therefore, Jesus said, for a little while I am with you, then I go to him who sent me. You will seek me, you will not find me, for where I am you cannot come. The Jews then said to one another, where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? Is he intending to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? Is he? What is this statement that he said, you will seek me and you will not find me for where I am, you cannot come. Jesus, now on the, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood out and cried out saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as a scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit. For those who believed him were to receive, for the spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Of course, the spirit was then given in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. For those of you who, uh, who follow me at you know that this is one of the this is probably one of the key verses of my entire life. This is where God gave me a great, great revelation because um, I couldn't define what my heart felt like, my spirit felt like, what God's voice within me felt like. People couldn't really define it for me in a way that was meaningful to me. And this verse defined it for me. This verse uh, said, "Out of my innermost being shall flow rivers of living water." So there's a river that flows from the throne, flows into my heart. And when I tune to flow, I'm tuning to that river, and that river is the river of the Holy Spirit. So flowing thoughts is his voice, and flowing pictures are his vision, and flowing emotions are kingdom emotions, particularly when my eyes are fixed on Jesus, because wherever my eyes are fixed, the flow comes through that particular lens. So Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, if I fix my eyes on Jesus and tune to flow, I'm going to consider 95, 96, 98 percent 
chance of a pure flow. Still could be some error, you know, a little bit of problems here and there, but most of the time it should be quite pure. So I love this verse because uh, it became the revelation that has set me free. And it's also set many others free too, as, as I've taught it to them. All right, so let's continue reading. Verse 40, some of the people, therefore, when they heard these words were saying, this certainly is the prophet. Others were saying, this is the Christ. Still others were saying, surely the Christ is not gonna come from Galilee, is he? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the descendants of David and from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So a division occurred amongst the crowd because of him. Some of them wanted to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. The officers then went to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said, why did you not bring him? And the officers said, answered, never has a man spoken the way this man speaks. The Pharisees then answered, you have not also been led astray, have you? No one of the rulers or Pharisees believed in him, has he? So I think the point there in verse 48 is, hey, look, the majority says this guy is wrong and the majority rules. So come on, let's get in line with the majority. But this crowd, which does not know the law, is a curse. They're ignorant. They're not as smart and righteous as we are. Nicodemus. He's the guy who came to Jesus before, being one of them. He said to them, Our law does not judge a man unless he first hears from him and knows what he is doing, does it? They answered him, You are not also from Galilee, are you? Search and see that no prophet arises out of Galilee. <clears throat> okay, so things are warming up, heating up between Jesus and, and the Pharisees. Every time he goes to Jerusalem, things get hotter and hotter. So some possible two-way journaling questions, the bottom right corner, things that I ask the Lord about. You're welcome to ask him the same things or different things. Lord, I enter your gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I enter your courts with praise. Lord, when, when have I allowed pride, scorn, and the attitude, majority rules, to override the flow of the spirit within me? Mark, before you discovered my spirit's flow within as a conceptualized way of living, you were filled with pride and arrogance and scorn and snobbery and the belief that the majority rules. Once the concept of living according to the flow of the spirit was established within you as a way of living, meekness and spiritual hunger took the place of those carnal worldly emotions. The transformation hinges on the discovery of life by the spirit, or to put it in other words, put it in your words, living by flow. This truly changes everything. It makes the world an entirely different place to live in. It is switching from night to day, from self to spirit, from darkness to light, everything changes. This is everyone's watershed moment. It's a turning point of one's life. So yes, it is a center of life as you have believed and proclaimed for years and years. Continue proclaiming this truth. It is my truth for you to share with the world. <laughs> Lord, have I allowed my misunderstanding of history or life to block revelation from you because they had some misunderstanding as to 
what city Jesus was born in, I guess. <clears throat> yes, Mark, whenever you've lived out of your own reasoning rather than anointed reason, i.e. reason guided by the flow of my spirit, you miss my revelation. You were taught to use your mind. I have taught you to present your mind to me so I can use your mind and grant revelation. You have made this switch and now truth comes much clearer and more often to your heart and your mind. Continue, continue receiving the mind of Christ. Lord, how am I to respond to those who resist the revelation of who you are? <laughs> Mark, shake the dust off from your shoes and move on to discover those who are hungry for me. Give yourself to them. They are your sheep. Not everyone is your sheep. Give yourself to those who are hungry for what I have deposited within you. <laughs> well, that's really good counsel. Not everyone is my sheep. Not everyone's your sheep. Each one of us has a particular revelation, a particular gift to present to the world, to present to the body of Christ. And not everyone's ready to receive the gift that we have. And if that you have, because we're all on a path that gets brighter and brighter. So, um, so we don't try to force our gift on anyone. We offer it. You offer it. I offer it. People who are hungry, they'll they'll pick up their ears and ask questions. I, I know what I'm on a plane. I, you know, I'll ask people what they do, and they'll tell me. And um, then if they ask me what I do, I say, well, I teach people how to hear God's voice. That's designed to elicit a response. Like, really? Oh, how, tell me about that. Or they'll turn away like, are you kidding me? Get, get away from me. You know, so when it's obvious they have no interest, then I have no need to push and inject myself into their lives against their will, against their interest. But boy, when they're interested, <laughs> we have a great conversation. I got a little wallet-sized card, four keys hearing God's voice. I dig that out of my briefcase. I make sure to give them one of those, send them to our website before the plane ride is over. So we never have to force our gifts on anyone. We offer them a person's at the right place, the right time and hungry, they will say more please. And then you give them more. All right, Lord, thank you for living words from the gospel of John. So do some journaling. Let the Lord speak to you. And then come back together. Now, let me just go ahead and, and, and share that screen one more time so we can look at what those questions were just to review them for you um, in case you want to ask these questions. Lord, have I, when have I allowed pride and scorn and the attitude, hey, the majority rules to override the flow of your spirit within me? When have I allowed pride and scorn and the attitude, the majority rules to override the flow of the spirit? Question two, Lord, have I allowed my misunderstanding of history or life to block revelation from you? Have I allowed my misunderstanding of history or life to block revelation from you? Lord, how am I to respond to those who resist the revelation of who you are? <laughs> All right, so those are three possible questions or any other question the Lord asks you to, uh, to journal about right now. Go for it. And then when you're done journaling, receive revelation from God, um, we'll come back another day and we'll do another entry from the Gospel of John. Lord, thank you for what you speak.
Amen. This is Mark Berkler signing off.